Hey there, welcome to the Pine Island Experience Podcast. I'm Joanna Anderson with my husband, Trigby. Each of our episodes will be conversations with fellow Pine Islanders. The goal of our podcast is to share with you our experiences, what we have found to be fun, and what makes the Pine Island Experience so unique. my staff no matter where I'm at you know the customer is your boss you are the ones that pay our paycheck the customers are the ones that keep my doors open the customers are the ones that pay my rent if it was not for you there would be no me and that has always been my saying and it's because it's the truth I'm grateful for the snowbirds but I'm also grateful for the locals each and every one of you hold a piece to keeping my puzzle together. And um, so in the beginning it was, hey, do we close on Mondays like everybody else? Or do we close on Tuesdays? And then we, you know, we evaluate it and we were like, all right, Street Eats is closed on Mondays. You know, um, a lot of the other places, the taco truck was closed on Mondays. Fine Swine was closed on Mondays. Um, Down the road here, Eagle's Nest was closed on Tuesdays. So we were like, all right, why don't we do Wednesdays? That way there's always a place to eat out here at the center. You know, and that way there's always somewhere for someone to be able to go because a lot of people still don't have cooking, you know, ways to cook. And so we wanted that to be available to everyone. And, um, you know, Robin used to only be open Monday through Friday. She wasn't open on the weekends. And so when we first opened, Saturdays were slow. And I said to my staff, I said, why don't we close on Saturdays and just be open on Wednesdays because we get a lot of business people. And my daughter looked at me and she said, mom, do you know that if we close on Saturdays, a lot of the people that work on the work off the island will never get to experience us. You were listening to Lisa Dents describe how they decided the business hours at the new Salty Girls Island Cafe. Lisa is a resilient and strong person who is happy to be back after the storm greeting and feeding her customers. She is looking forward to this new journey, the next chapter, and she's excited to share it with the community. And now, here's Lisa. Well, Lisa, thank you so much. I know how busy you are. I've talked to you a few times now, and um, I know what you're going through. So we really appreciate you taking the time to do this with us. So No, absolutely. I'm so excited. Good. Yeah, you said you're you're excited about podcasts. I am. I am. I'm looking forward to it. Good. Well, we always like to start in the beginning, like where you're from, where you grew up, about your family. Yeah. Yeah, if you could just fill us in. So I'm actually born and raised in upstate New York, Albany area, um, suburb, colony. And um, my mom and dad are both alive. Um, My dad just turned 90 in April. And um, my mom is in her mid 80s, she's like 84. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, so born and raised in upstate New York, and my husband and I got married and lived in a little suburb of Schenectady. Um, and um, three kids, and here we are. And now you have some grandkids. Right? We do, we do. So um, we moved down here in August of 2002. And so, um, so we have three grandchildren, or no, four grandchildren, I'm sorry, um, three kids. And so we live in Cape Coral. That's great. 
So how'd you find the area from Albany, New York? Not exactly next door. <laughs> right. So my mom and dad actually vacationed down here. Interesting. Okay. And um, they started vacationing with some friends. They bought a little um, a little house in a gated community in North Fort Myers. And my husband and I started vacationing down here when our children were little. My husband's dad was uh, military, so my husband was used to traveling all over, um, grew up in Georgia and Hawaii, and so my husband loved the South, and we owned a construction company in upstate New York, and he said to me one year, I'm not doing another winter. I'm not climbing on the roof and doing another, you know, roof and shoveling off the snow, and I'm tired, and so we made a decision that um, we had just bought a house. I had just done the house over to exactly like everything that I wanted. And um, it was a boarded up house that we bought and um, they wanted $20,000 for it. We offered them 13. We owned a construction company. And so my husband went in and gutted it all to the bare stud. And, you know, I moved doors and put French doors in and did everything that I wanted. And then we said, we're going to move to Florida. And so my kids were very upset with us. They lived in the house six months, <laughs> but it was meant to be. Um, we listed the house for sale, and that night I had seven offers in the house sold. Wow! So and was that from watching HGTV, or did you just <laughs> like the house and the location and saw the possibilities? Because flipping is such a I'm big telling thing you, now. we we just got so lucky with that. And so my mom and dad vacationed down here. My husband's family sold their house and said, Hey, we're going. And next thing I know, my husband and I said, that's it. We're going to go. And so we took this, the leap of faith and trusted that God was going to put us in the right direction. And we were blessed and lucky. And we landed here August of 2002. And when did you open the old fish house? So funny thing is, is when I, um, how I discovered the Island was my daughter um, was going into high school, and um, she was very athletic. My kids were very athletic growing up, and so they played sports, and so my daughter played softball. We found a private pitching coach that worked at FGCU, and he lived out here on the island. And so we started coming out here to the island for her to have pitching lessons. And I'll never forget my first time driving through Matt Lachey, and I was just like, wow, this place is really cool. And so when we lived in upstate New York, there was a really big sense of community. And we loved that. I was the president of the Little League. In Cape Coral, you didn't get that sense of community. I felt you, you know, the next door neighbor's kids went to one school and the people behind you, their kids went to another. And so when I drove out here, I just felt that. And so um, actually, I worked at Burt's Bar and Grill. And I was there for nine years. Wow. And um, I loved my time there, and I, I met some amazing people. And um, I worked at Burt's when, you know, Devin the Dynamics played there every Thursday night in the back room, and the Yard Dogs were there. And um, it was just, it was just different back then. And so I was there for nine years, and I absolutely loved it. And so that's how we came to, um, that's how I came to, to know the island. So. That's a great story. That's amazing. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's interesting that you say that because I think the, um, we didn't have a plan either, um, other than she hated the cold. I mean, that was pretty much 
top one through 10 mm -hmm. items, but I do think you start to search for stuff that you, you know, if you write down a list, I don't think you'd come up with it. But when you talk about the sense of community or uh, just like where the neighbors know each other, I mean, and that's kind of small town America. And uh, this is a kind of like a little hidden gem. Now, I mean, the you know, the to your point, it, it's changing any any place will. But it, I mean, we've been in Chicago and Philadelphia and those kinds of larger areas. Albany's not a small city, being the you know capital mm -hmm. of New York and the politicians and whatnot. And you just, it seems like it's a little bit slower pace. People a little bit nicer. People are. I mean, you see Post Ian, you know, right. all the help that uh, whether it was a business or individuals or neighbors joined in to do things for, and it. It does make it special and kind of unique that you can still find that. Yes, and that's what drew me, you know, kept us wanting to come back for more. Um, when we lived in upstate New York, um, you know, like I said, I was the president of a little tiny little league called Bellevue Little League, and it was a little tiny suburb of Schenectady, and I still to this day am my best friends. We go away with them every year, and, you know, and that's where I... I have, we've been here for tw over 20 years and I still have those connections with that little league and my kids' best memories were growing up there. And so I want that for my grandchildren and, and, you know, they go to the island school and, you know, um, my grandson every weekend wants to go out fishing with Kai Street or, you know, his family owned uh, island seafood. And so um, that sense of community, when I started working at births, I'll never forget, um, the first phone call I got at the bar and it was like, hi, this is so-and-so. I'm one of the Matt Lachey hookers. I'd like to know if it's okay to park across the street. And I, my mouth just dropped. And, and and I was like, oh, can can you hold one moment, please? And I looked at the girl that was training me and I said, um, there's a Matt Lachey hooker on the phone. And she wants to know if it's okay if she parks across the street at the hotel. And they just all started laughing at me. And that's when I, I got to know about the Matt Lachey hookers. And that's when I started becoming involved in the community. And, you know, I worked the first Pirates Ball at um, at Burt's. And that, I'll tell you, my years at Burt's Bar were something special. Um, I, you know, I, I've made some of my best friends down here. Um, we may not all hang out together or that, but they're my best friends. And so I got that feeling and that sense of community here that I got when I was up in New York. And I'll never forget going home to my husband after my first week at work. And I said, this place is different, but I'm telling you, I'm not leaving. I'm staying right here. And um, we didn't live on the island at that time. We ended up moving on the island mm -hmm. For a short time, um, but we have a big family, and it was hard to find a house for the size of us. You're right. But we really um, that that time at Burt's is what really got me, you know, to know that this is what I wanted. So then, running your own businesses, so you're working at Burt's, you're loving the island. How do you? Was it a lifelong dream, or an opportunity came up and you decided to jump with it? I mean, at least the family had a construction business, so you, right. you knew a little bit about running a business. So um, when I was up in upstate New York, um, I did work in the restaurant industry. Okay. Um, I also worked in the school system. And um, I've always had a passion. Of, I've always given back to the community. My dad's a retired pastor. My brother's a pastor. So um, when I started here, an as I was you know, coming towards the end of my time at birth, an opportunity came available. 
And um, I actually knew John Skorupski. Um, He was also from upstate New York. They were the owners of the old fish house at the time. And we literally were like 20 miles away from each other where, and they would go up there on vacation. And it was just, John would come in every Monday night and he always used to say to me, you know, kid, one of these days you're going to be over there working. And um, an opportunity came along and um, some investors went in and purchased the old fish house and um, asked me to come with them. So I went and worked with them over there. And then we ended up, um, they've decided that they were going to just be the the owners of the property and that I would, my family um, would take over and we would be the owners of the business on the property. So um, that's how that relationship started. So as much as I hated to leave Burt's and everything that I had there, you know, the opportunity that Bernard gave me was an amazing opportunity at Burt's and I'll forever be grateful for um, him allowing me to be employed for his company for as long as I was. But um, the opportunity came up and my husband and I sat down and we weighed our options. And I said, if we don't take this opportunity, we're never going to know. And it was always my passion to own my own business and um, be able to to do that. So we took the leap of faith. It was predicted too, Mm -hmm. that you're going to end up over there. I mean, yeah. Can't argue with that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's amazing. So one thing I don't think people fully understand, and I'll, I'll put that on myself, is we all enjoy coming into a restaurant and enjoying the food and getting to know the staff because, you know, feeling welcome and stuff. But take us through kind of like from the inside, what it's like to start the restaurant and the million things or 10 million things that you have to think about. I, th- I think we we commence it down, have a bill, pay you and get out and said, that was great. There's, that's not even the tip of the iceberg. It's such minuscule compared to actually the restaurant business. So maybe a little bit of your experiences from upstate New York, and then now you've started two to three down here. Right. So my experience in upstate New York was my parents owned a restaurant when I was a little girl. It was called the Mustard Seed. My dad and my brother and his brother owned it. My parents hated it, and my uncle loved it. <laughs> my dad was a retired iron worker, so he um, he was not into the restaurant business, but my mom was. And so I remember her growing, as I was growing up, she worked at the restaurants and I would go as a little girl and help her set the tables and roll silverware. And it's just something I always had a passion for. So I always worked in the restaurants. And so when I came down here and I got the opportunity to go to the old fish house, let me tell you, that was that was different because when we took over there, um, that establishment, John had it like a really working marina back there. And that restaurant, that property was zoned in two different zonings. Industrial Marine was on the left side and commercial tourism was on the right side. Well, you can't have a restaurant in Industrial Marine and that's the side that the restaurant was on. And so the way that the county zoned that property, it had to get rezoned and And at that time, it was a takeout window. And then they said, no, you need to change it from a takeout and become a full service. You used to go and buy your beers in the convenience store. So we gradually, slowly made changes. You know, with the island, you can't make too many changes all at once because boy, oh boy. (laughs) So we found what worked and and we ran with it and we gradually made the changes. I can tell you that we started cooking at at the old fish house on a little tiny pancake griddle. And I had like four of them and we just built and we grew off of that. And that was the biggest task that I thought that I would ever experience in my life. Little did I know that I was only getting set up 
for the next chapter of my life. Yeah, um, not to divert from you too much, but uh, we had pulled into some place in the Keys, and the whole place was based upon three to four George Foreman grills. But just really good. I mean, it's primarily all seafood, if memory serves, but just really, really good. But I mean, that was kind of the joke commercial infomercial, you know, at 1 a.m. in the morning or something like that. So, but you actually started on small pancake grills. We did. And the funny <laughs> thing is, is the gentleman that was my chef was the the chef when I started at Burt's. And so I went and I was like, hey, listen, he was working. He was no longer working at Burt's. He was at another establishment. And I said, hey, listen, you know, we always worked really well together. Let's do this. And so he helped me create my menu. And his name is Dustin. He's now at Blue Dog. And um, Dustin's been on the island for a while, but he's an amazing cook and does an amazing job. And so much thanks have to go to Justin, Dustin because he did such a good job for me. Mm -hmm. And without him, I would not have been able to do that. So, um, and our family, and I've been lucky. I've always had a really good staff, but I'll tell you, it was different. Like I had to learn the fish industry, you know, unloading fresh seafood at the dock and how to land fish. And my husband and I, it was completely different than what we were used to. And unfortunately, John, the owner of the old fish house, when we took over, became very ill and ended up passing um, within the year. So he didn't have much time to give to us. So it was really like, hey, we're going to throw in, here's a contractor from upstate New York and a, and a girl that was at the, you know, my last job in New York was at the school district. And here we are trying to figure out the fish industry. And But I, I can tell you that... that um, Again, those were, you know, Bert's was setting me up for my next chapter at the old fish house. And the old fish house was setting me up for this chapter that I'm in right now. Well, one of your quotes that I read um, said that this is just another chapter mm -hmm. and, and um, the old fish house isn't gone. Right. That was a very brave thing to say. And true. Yep. Know? I have a wall hanging at my house that says, um, your life is like a story, make yours a bestseller. And so it's, I don't know if it's exactly that wording, but it's its right in there. And and um, I found that right after the hurricane at a craft fair that we went to. And I looked at my daughter and I'm like, that's so meant for me because it's, it's so true, you know? And, um, you know, I was so sad when I closed my chapter at Burt's and I was sad, you know, with this chapter at the old fish house, but I have to be able to move forward. And so... I have two new chapters right now that I, the way that I look at it, I have Salty Girls and I have Salty Girls Grab and Go. And so those are two great chapters that and have you, just started. You know how to pivot too. I mean, you went, there was the Mat Lache Market. And yes. You had a food truck. I mean, you, yes. didn't, you didn't just stop. You know, it's like, what are we going to do now? And you figured it out. And then this, this came open mm -hmm. release, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, that was just, that was some of the hardest days of my life when, you know, after Ian, as it was everyone, you yeah. know, and everyone has a story, you know, everyone has their own individual story with that. And so, um, you know, when World Central Kitchen approached me, um, it was just, that was what I do best. And I needed to be back in the community doing something because mentally I needed it for healing for me. And so that was the first step in the next direction for me. And we just kept thinking, okay, what can we do? You know, all of our friends, we all lost our businesses. We're all closed. How can we generate revenue? And that's when we said, let's do Music Mondays at the park. 
you know, at St. James Civic Association and it just worked and, you know. So going through all that recovery then, did this become available for renter or you were saying, I mean, obviously looking for revenues, you've decided that you need another physical building to work out mm -hmm. of. So was that always a search in the background or one of those things that just popped up and you said, hey, that's what I need to do? So, you know, we've questioned ourselves so many times, as I'm sure so many people have after yes. the hurricane. You know, I'm, I'm sure Street Eats has questioned and just all of us, you know, are we doing the right thing? Are we making the right decision? And so, um, you know, after the storm happened and some things went on at the property and I found out, you know, that the, the owner didn't have insurance and, you know, um, we had invested so much money into that back property. Um, you know, we put new flooring in and we had put new plumbing in and, you know, I had that houseboat back there and that we had just bought. And, and so we literally, I mean, I said to my husband in 12 years, we built our life there and in 12 hours it was taken away. And I'll never forget the time, the first day pulling up to that fish house and just seeing it. And I literally had to take a few days to process things. And so immediately, you know, I looked at my daughter and I'm like, all right, what are we going to do? And, you know, my daughter has been such a blessing to me. She's 35 and um, she's been with me at the fish house and here. And, um, you know, there's days where I felt like I just couldn't go on. And she's like, no, mom, we got this, you know. And so we did the World Central Kitchen and Mike, Mike Michelli, I mean, he he jumped up and did it with me. And Molly Brown and Bethany, one of my staff members and my daughter. And we did that for like 28 days straight without a day off. But it was such, that was so rewarding to me. And that's the type of person that I am. I'm always about being out in that community and trying to find a way to give back. And so that mentally really healed me. And it allowed me to see that, okay, Lisa, we can do this. There's a way. And World Central Kitchen, you know, I'm so blessed. They gifted me that, that food trailer. But, you know, there's just so many laws with the food trailer. And we had a spot we were going to take it to in Cape Coral. And then they said, oh, you need to start moving it every night. Well, we lost our truck in the hurricane. And um, that's a 34-foot trailer. And I'm like, God, you know, I can't be pulling that. So that's when we started the Music Mondays. But Jay had had this up and I we came by and we looked at it and then we went and, and looked at another location. We thought on it and then they passed the law with the food trailer and I looked at my daughter and I said, listen, if we don't jump on this opportunity, like there may not be another place out on the island. And we questioned ourselves, was the island the right place? Because of everything that happened in Mount Lachey, because of so much of the population that we lost out here on the island, are the people going to be here? Are they going to come back? Is the traffic going to be stopped because of, like, we questioned ourselves so many times. But finally, one day, I just said, you know what? I just got to go with it. And so we just went with it. And we trusted, you know, um, it was a little bit longer, the, re the renovations in here than we thought. But everything has a purpose and a reason. And I just trusted that. It was all going to work out. Um, my husband came in and did a lot of the work, and um, we were able to push forward. I can tell you that reopening this place, it was like, did I remember this? And ordering the tables and getting the chairs. And like you said, starting everything, and it was like, wow, I've taken on a beast that I don't know if I can handle. Like, it was really tough. Yeah, and um, 
I'm sure the 28 days were grueling, but we had several friends. Uh, we were relatively lucky. We could live in the house. Um, our appliances were working and stuff like that, but you know, their subfloors, their flooring, a lot of their possessions, appliances were gone. And uh, there was a pizza delivery one or two days while they were kind of cleaning out, but they would come to that kitchen every day. And I think that's what a tremendous sacrifice because, yeah, it's a grueling 28 days, but you've got people that can't live in their homes and that's their source of food. And that's every day I would get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, 4.30, 5 o'clock. And we were at that food trailer by 5.30 every morning because we had to be pumping food out by 11.30. And we had all the meals that had to be delivered. And I'll tell you, like I said, Mike Pancelli, I would not have been able to do that without my staff. It truly was a team effort. And it, it was amazing because every day at the end of it, as exhausted as we were, we knew that we were making a difference in the community. And that's, to me, what it's always been about is making a difference. I mean, everybody knew at the Fish House we were always trying to be about making a difference in the community. If someone needed to have a celebration of life, you can have it here. The Malache hookers would need the property for the fishing tournament, we would shut down. Um, the Calusa Blue Way, they used to have the kayak tournament there. We would shut down for that, and we would give to the kids at Candlelighters, you know. Um, we did bingo every month, and that would give back. So... And that's the type of person, and that's where I got so upset mentally, like, oh, my God, how are we going to give back to the community? Like, I don't have that property. So when World Central Kitchen came about, I was like, okay, we're still giving back. We're still doing what we what our purpose is. This is our purpose. And so um, it was amazing to see the people. People would come through that line and just, and they just needed somebody to talk to. They weren't necessarily always there for the meal. It was that they needed to see someone, that they needed something normal. And them coming to that line every day was normalcy for them. And it's amazing to think that, wow, them just coming and driving through a line every day was normalcy. Well, I, I've teased her in the past. One of her normal things was she's getting in the car, and I'm like, geez, they're the LCEC and the they're fixing the power and the string fellows a mess. And she goes, I'm going for coffee. <laughs> you know, it's like, cause you wake up every day and you have coffee and it's, it's amazing. You brought up a bunch of things, but you, things that you unfortunately take for granted or don't realize. And all of a sudden you don't have them. And now all of a sudden you, you crave them. Um, we had another gal that was volunteering somewhere and she said, Oh, she helped some of the people. She said, but probably the biggest help is it was just somebody to talk to. And, and she just listened yeah. And that was probably more therapeutic and more beneficial than any paperwork or process that she might have helped them with. And, you know, not too off topic, but I had so many people on our delivery route. Like, our delivery drivers would come back. And I'll never forget that we had that, like, crazy storm come about. And everybody was like, oh, my gosh, there's a storm coming. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, we're not going to do the World Central Kitchen tomorrow. And so my delivery drivers were out, and they were like, hey, listen, We've got so-and-so and so-and-so that need roofs tarped. And, you know, so my drivers were tarping roofs, you know, and helping during that time. And so I was just talking to a friend in upstate New York, and I was like, yeah, you know, I was just talking to, to someone that we used to help in World Central Kitchen, and they were so excited they just got their power on just last week. And she's like, wait, people still don't have power. And I'm like, unless you've been here and you've lived it. You will never understand it. And there's even people in Fort Myers and Cape Coral that have no idea the tragedy and the destruction that happened out on this island. That's the other thing that hit us is uh, we did, we luckily we had friends on the other side of the state and they welcomed us over. But 
they got back and they would call almost daily and how you two do and how you holding up. And they said, you know, we're not seeing any reports in the media anymore. And I said, yeah, I'm okay. The wind, I guess, is fascinating. And the, and the storm surge is fascinating. But I said, the reality of life is we're driving up and down streets and there's piles of trash, you know, two and three stories high. Uh, and those guys, and, and this, the, the debris and the people that need help and the, the appliances on the, the cars for a while there for the first like six weeks, Ugh. constant tow trucks taking people's cars that were ruined off the eye. And that, that can't help but impact you. And so then people then say, well, that's just a small thing. I'm, I don't think they understand how those small no. things are actually very big. No, I, I agree with you 100%. You know, I just, that storm, what it mentally did to me, I mean, we lost our retirement. We lost our life. You know, um, it was everything that we worked for. But at the end of the day, you know, I started having like a little bit of a pity party for Lisa. And and I said to myself, you know, you, ha you have to stop because there was a gentleman that was at our establishment on Monday and lost his life on Wednesday in the storm. You know, he lived next door in the trailer park. And then there was a couple that ate lunch at our establishment on Saturday and they died. And so... You know, and that's what um, has been so difficult for me is that, you know, we had customers that passed away in that storm. And there's so much life that was lost in that storm. And so every day I have to drive by the fish house right now. And every day it's difficult. And, you know, people would say to me, how you doing? And I'd look at them and say, even up until like a month ago, there's days I can talk about it. And there's days that I can't. And on the days that I can't, I just can't. You know, there was days I could pull in that parking lot down there, and there was days that I couldn't. And I can tell you that when I opened this, our first day that we opened this, the anxiety that I had for the first week, oof, I'll tell you what, it was like no other, but it was a mixed emotions. It was the relief of getting through that we made it. You know, we did it. But then it was oh my gosh, we're starting all over. And it was also a lot of people that are going to walk through those doors that are going to have a story. They're going to have their story about their storm and they're going to want to hear our story. And I'm going to have to relive it over and over and over again. And for so many of us business owners that lost our businesses and had to restart over, uh, it's been difficult. I remember talking to William at CW and he said, Lisa, I love seeing my customers, but every day, every day we 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 have to relive it. And it's so difficult. It is. So staying with this chapter, then the derivation to salty girls. I mean, old fish house, I assume, was a name that you somewhat inherited from the property and the and the standard on Pine Island. But this was a former Lily's Deli or something, and. Now you are starting a new place and you have to come up with a name and kind of brand it. So I'll tell you what, my husband came up with this name. <laughs> Did you allow him to do the remodeling, by the way? <laughs> so, you know, my husband, um, God bless my husband. He stays home and he takes care of our two youngest grandchildren. And, and they are Daryl. His right? name is Daryl. And our two youngest grandchildren are eight months apart and they're three and four years old. Oh, wow. And so when I mean he's got the tough job, <laughs> he's got the tough job. And so he stays home and does that. And so we were like on the computer every day and we're like looking and searching and just thinking and like, 
you know, we're just brainstorming with each other. And he's like, salty girls. And I just looked at him and he's like, I think that's perfect. And <laughs> I looked at my daughter and I'm like, salty girls island cafe and she's like that's that mom and you know we just felt and everybody's like why'd you call it salty girls and i'm like well we're a little salty right now we're a little <laughs> pissed off you know but um it just fit it fit the island and um i wanted something that was going to come in and you know robin when robin owned this place it was robin did it had an amazing business um, I don't know. Did you ever have the opportunity to meet Robin? Oh, Robin was so quirky and so funny. And she was just, she had a very successful business. And so um, we knew that we needed to have something that was going to keep up to par with what Robin did. And I'm proud to say that I think we're, I think we're, we're going to be able to um, make this place very successful and have Robin be proud that we're here. Well, every time we pass by, it's been busy, busy, busy. So... We're really lucky. We have the insurance company next door. We have the hairdressers. We have the real estate. We have the doctor's office. Uh -huh. So we're really lucky. There's a lot of foot traffic through here. And you know, at the fish house, we were outside, and here we're inside with air <laughs> conditions. So we're like, woo! Yeah. We're loving that. So, um, so yeah, it, it's been good. So from acquisition to opening, um, time frame, et cetera, because uh, you're talking about the remodeling, having to order a bunch of stuff and so forth. So we signed our lease in December. Um, at that time, there was floor, new floor, anything wasn't done. And we were hoping to be open February. Then it got pushed to March. Then I looked at my husband and I said, realistically, you're going to have to go in there and do a lot more work um, than needs to be done. And then we had to order tables and chairs. And, and you know, so many restaurants down here lost so much and so mm -hmm. many people were trying to restart that so much was on back order. Uh, okay. mm -hmm. And so I had to get equipment and all that. And so um, May 2nd was our first day open. And um, it, you know, it worked out the way that it was supposed to work out because it was off season. And it's given us the time to work out the kinks. Yes, we've gotten amazing reviews and we're so grateful for those, but there's kinks in every new restaurant and every new business. And well, you posted on Facebook constantly. We're trying to figure it out. Bear with it. We're gonna we're gonna try this and try this. And then you're gonna change your hours and you're you're gonna see what works. Mm -hmm. And that was admirable. I bet I bet people love hearing that and, and you know what you were doing. Facebook is amazing, but Facebook, you know, sometimes can, you know, hurt you a little bit too. You know, you, you got to be on your toes all the time as a business owner. And, and we should be because, you know, I've always told my staff, no matter where I'm at, you know, the customer is your boss. You are the ones that pay our paycheck. The customers are the ones that keep my doors open. The customers are the ones that pay my rent. If it was not for you, there would be no me. And that has always been my saying. And it's because it's the truth. I'm grateful for the snowbirds, but I'm also grateful for the locals. Each and every one of you hold a piece to keeping my puzzle together. And um, so in the beginning, it was, hey, do we close on Mondays like everybody else? Or do we close on Tuesdays? And then we, you know, we evaluate it and we were like, all right, Street Eats is closed on Mondays. You know, um, a lot of the other places, a taco truck was closed on Mondays. Fine Swine was closed on Mondays. Um, down the road here, Eagle's Nest was closed on Tuesdays. So we were like, 
all right, why don't we do Wednesdays? That way there's always a place to eat out here at the center, you know, and that way there's always somewhere for someone to be able to go because a lot of people still don't have cooking, you know, ways to cook. And so we wanted that to be available to everyone. And, um, you know, Robin used to only be open Monday through Friday. She wasn't open on the weekends. And so when we first opened, Saturdays were slow. And I said to my staff, I said, why don't we close on Saturdays and just be open on Wednesdays because we get a lot of business people. And my daughter looked at me and she said, mom, do you know that if we close on Saturdays, a lot of the people that work on the work off the island will never get to experience us? And I looked at her and I said, you know what? You're right. And so she said, Mom, as much as I want Saturdays off, we're going to stay open. So that's that's how we sort of created our hours. So you talked about menu development with help at Old Fish House. Menu development here, um, at least in its initial form, and you've mm-hmm. been adjusting and adapting as going on. But how did you get to the original offerings here? So I hired um, a chef. His name is Jason, and um, he uh, does a great job. He had some really great ideas. And so between my daughter and myself and Bethany, my one employee, and Jason, um, we sat down and we started with, hey, this is what our idea is. This is what Robin had here. Because you got to think of the people that used to come through these doors are used to a certain thing. They were used to going to the counter and ordering their food. They were used to getting their coffee, waiting for their food, and then sitting down. Well, we've really taken a twist on things because now you have a seat. We have table service. We're not a deli, you know, so it's it's completely different. So we wanted to make sure that we had a few of the things that she had, like the Philly and a few stuff like that, but we wanted to bring our own stuff in. Um, I know that there's a lot of vegetarians on the island, and so we wanted to make sure that we had a menu that was going to be well-rounded for everyone to be able to come and enjoy breakfast and lunch. And I think we've, I think... We've done a, a good job so far. We are going to come out with a fall menu. We're going to make some changes. Mm-hmm. But so. you have a lot of people wanting things to go. Which we is do. like a deli, really. I mean, and, and beautiful pictures. Thank you. And, um, and I remember you were so happy when your phone line. We were, so we, you know, our day day one phone didn't work, so we had to hurry up and think quick, and so now my cell phone has become the, uh, you know, the salty girls, and I still, my cell phone still rings now, but you know what? Okay. It's great, and so um, we do have a lot of takeout, and we do do a lot of that, so, um, you know, just when you think you have this business mastered, you're like... I know nothing again. And so um, so we've done a great job with being able to, I think, get the customer what they want. And you know what? If we don't have what they want on the menu, then then we create it. You know, we'll do whatever the customer wants. And the to-go and everything um, has done well. And that's where we came up with down the road. Right. Well, people see the menu like tacos on Tuesday. And they're like, save me one of those. I'll be right there. You know, and so many people, believe it or not, just they don't want to have to think. <laughs> they just want to be able to order. Uh-huh. And so it's like Mondays, you know, we have sloppy joes, homemade sloppy joes. So they'll be like, you know what? I'm just going to go have that. Or Taco Tuesday. You'll tell them what the special. They won't even look at the menu. Just give me the tacos. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just want you to make the decision they for them. Ru- and they want routine. Right? They want routine. No surprises. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's also interesting. Years ago, she had a a uh, younger kid working for her and his family was in the restaurant business. And she says, I'm 
Oh, he said, what are you doing this weekend? She says, oh, we're going to go out to dinner. And he looked at her and he said, well, you know what to do. And she goes, you don't even know where we're going. He goes, it doesn't matter. Get the special. She goes, get the special. He goes, that's what the chef really is into that day. And so to your point is, it is kind of a no-brainer. And it's a simple, because sometimes you go to places and it's, I've gone to a couple of places. I could order about six things here. Well, I, <laughs> I can't eat near that much. So then which one do I pick? And then sometimes you have a little bit of regret about what you, you see another platter come out and you say, God, I should have ordered that. So have you seen, if you've seen our menu, you've seen where we have the chef's choice. Mm -hmm. We have his fried rice. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you his fried rice is amazing. And everybody loves the fried rice. And so, you know, if they want to look at the menu, we'll just flip it over and be like, here you go. Because, I mean, he loves cooking everything on the menu, mm -hmm. but that right there is his heart and soul. Yeah. And so. Yeah, I saw that written out. And we do have a few things from the old fish house on the menu, just a couple items. So. Yeah. Well, you're going to, you're figuring it out all the time and you're able to just shift. You're thinking of dinners, I think I read. Um, we, you know, we are, but we have to work out a few things because when you come out to dinner, what are you going to want? A glass yeah. of wine yes, or something yes, like yes. that. And so we have to figure out the whole um, beer and wine license. And um, so we're, we're navigating those waters and hopefully we can get that all situated. Um, we have considered maybe bingo in the fall. Mm -hmm. But again, it's because of the whole situation with... Um, with the uh, beer and wine license. So we just gotta, we're, we're just gonna keep plugging along, but um, we're really grateful for the support that we've gotten from the community because I'll tell you what, we have been so blessed. Um, we, we've gotten amazing support. And it's gonna fall into place, you know what? It, it is, it is. And um, you know, both places are, we, we started down the road and, and both places are really starting to fall into place for us. Good, good, good. So you talked about being closed on Wednesday, Wednesday, excuse me. Um, actually, you want to go over the hours. So um, I'm sure you have a great following now, but if somebody's interested to coming and get in the fried rice. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, with the fried rice, you can add uh, shrimp or chicken or just, he does, it's it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. So um, on Mondays and Tuesdays, Thursdays and Fridays, we are open 7.30 to 2.30 right now. These are our summer hours. We've scaled back an hour just because we've seen the, the difference. So Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, 7.30 to 2.30. Saturday and Sunday, 8 o'clock to 1 o'clock. Wednesdays, we're closed. In October, we'll bring back our fall, our winter, fall and winter hours. And you'll see those hours expand a little. Hopefully, we can find another staff member that will be able to open seven days a week. And and futures, anything else you have? I know you're doing the the grab and go. You gonna open more of those, or I mean, how are? They um, going? no, I think right now we have Salty Girls Island Cafe here, and then we have the the Salty Girls Grab and Go at Pineland Marina, mm -hmm. and that's doing subs and breakfast sandwiches, biscuits and gravy. Um, and that's. Just so people know, that is not the grab-and-go that was in Boquilla. This is the actual grab-and-go that is at um, Pineland Marina, where the Lee County Sheriff's Office used to be. And so we're doing sandwiches and that there. And right now, I think we've got enough between those two places. Watch for our food truck. We're trying to get a fish house food truck going. And uh, that might be something we can sit and talk about down the road. Yeah. That's very cool. Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. We enjoyed listening to you. 
I did. Thank you so much. I, I am so grateful. Um, this was fun. And, um, you know, I look forward to uh, going on and listening to other podcasts that you've done. And I appreciate you guys coming out and supporting not just myself, but all of us business owners and uh, letting everyone know out there, you know, what we're all about. So thank you. We hope you enjoyed our Pine Island Experience podcast. If you have any ideas for us, people to interview, or any comments, please feel free to email them to us at pineislandexperience at gmail.com. That's pineislandexperience, all one word, at gmail.com. Don't forget to like us, and you may subscribe to this podcast using all the major catchers like Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening, and remember, island life is a constant vacation. We'll see you on the next podcast.